What's up, pool? This is the Sore Losers BMX Podcast. My name is Justin Cobley. I'm out here on Long Island, New York. Today, I am here with my friend, Luis Colasioni. He is uh, about 15 minutes away from me on Long Island. Today, we're going to talk to our very special guest, Scott Marceau, the uh, filmer, editor, creator of the Angles DVD. So today we're going to talk to Scott about Angles, whatever else he's been up to. And now that's about it. So uh, what are you guys up to? Shit, man. Uh, I'm going through photos from my summer, some film photos. I just got around to scanning and now I'm going through the files and uh, cleaning up the dust and doing some basic correction. I I did want to mention how complicated all three of our last names are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty complicated. I mean, Lewis, as long as you can like That's speak Italian, you're pretty good. Yeah, but mm, I've had quite some issues over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott, is your last name French? I've always just assumed. It is, yeah. It's French Canadian. My heritage is French Canadian. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah, so Marceau is uh, as good a pronunciation as any. Oh, it's the best, I'd say. Better than Marciao, Marcou. Yeah. Yeah, it could get ugly. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's funny. I, I get what they're trying to say. You know, at some point, you're just like, yep, that's, that's me. What mm-hmm. do you need? I thought Bajarki, uh, he had a good outtake on it. He said he just thinks of all the other pronunciations as just, like, nicknames. Like, it's just... So another yeah. way he's referred to, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just, like, nickname. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of close friends who call me Scotty Marcou for fun. I guess it's kind of fun to say, but yeah, that's a nickname. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, like you're, uh, so you do your own scanning of your uh, film photos then? I do, yeah. I just have this old, old flatbed scanner with a transparency adapter. And it's, mm-hmm. it's honestly, it's, I got it in... 2002 i think and it's still rocking solid and i love i love to tell the story where sometimes it'll stop working and all i have to do is pound on the sides a couple times and it starts working again jeez that's all it takes then it's probably just like something loose in the like circuit board or some connector that's uh a little shoddy that you're setting back in place that's that's what i'm thinking i i've um at one point i thought i might have to replace it but then, uh, yeah, I just banged on it a few times. Good to go. The glass, is, the glass is not super clean. Like, I have to do quite a bit of dust removal from, like, mm-hmm. all the dust that's actually inside the scanner itself, which I could probably open up and clean, but it seems like at this point it'd be kind of dangerous. Yeah, and then you open it up and you just, like, introduce more dust and fingerprints and, like, yeah. you're back to square one anyway. Yeah, so I'm just sort of... Uh, you you can kind of tell that my film scans are like a bit on the dirtier side. If there's an area of a lot of darkness, you can see dust, like just small squiggles. There, it's not like a huge deal or anything. If it yeah. was, I'd clean. But yeah, they're not the greatest scans, but they work and they look really decent. Yeah, your scans definitely look solid. And you have like a really good technical understanding of like how to edit them and make them look correct. To a certain extent, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, I can 
I can make up for any shortcomings from the the prehistoric technology. Gotcha. Yeah, I used to be uh, on the flat the flatbed program too, but now I have a my mirrorless camera with a macro lens, and I just take photos of the negatives. Yep. I mean, dude, if 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 you can do that, that's honest. That's what a scanner is. That that's what a film scanner is. It's just another picture of your negative. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I guess that sort of leads me into uh, my first question about photo Scott versus videographer Scott. Like, do you still try to do both or do you like think of your, do you go out like this is a video day? Because I know you usually carry like a point and shoot film camera probably like all the time. But do you double up with like video gear and photo gear? Because I know you've got a, a pretty big bag already. Um, I kind of find myself dedicating my time to one or the other. Like I do have two separate bags, two distinct bags. One is video and one is photo. And, um, I do always have a, just a point and shoot in my pocket if I can help it. And, um, I find myself sort of focusing on one or the other when it comes down to it. And, um, yeah. I just like to think of it as is uh they say the best camera is the one you have with you and so if I'm if I got my video bag then I'm getting some cool video shots and if I have my photo bag then I'm getting some cool photo shots um but yeah it's always it's one camera or the other or it's it's rarely no cameras at all I always feel kind of weird going out with you know I mean obviously my phone which can take some pretty decent pictures, but I always kind of feel weird without having like a one legitimate camera with me, but it happens sometimes. Yeah, I feel you. That's when like the best tricks go down or that's when like the most photogenic thing happens. The light is perfect and you're like, ah, just have my iPhone 12% left on the yeah. battery. Like it's not, it's not happening. It's kind of, you you have more moments or at least I have more moments where I can kind of just like, breathe and like laugh at the fact that I don't have the camera to capture us and sort of try to make like a very strong mental image of it to remember later on at some point, just like be nostalgic and not possessive of like a, an actual image of it, a physical image. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I have a similar approach with like photography. Like I'm not trying to like capture a, concrete moment and like i don't know like stop time it's just like a memory it's just like uh my memory sucks so it's a way that like i can uh look back and remember cool moments and good times with friends kind of thing yeah it's a fo- the photograph is always obviously it's more special to the photographer because it can take you right back to the exact moment or the night of or the week of or that trip you know um it, it's like a, it's a really special photograph that can that can do that for more than just the photographer for any viewer to be taken back to a time or a place or a smell or to like alert any other sense be, besides sight by a photograph is a special thing because you're literally just looking at like a piece of paper or a file on your computer or on your phone and if it can really like move people, if it can, if it can 
make someone feel something special it's that's what makes a great photograph i guess and in some ways and and some of the best photographs aren't technically precise they're not technically like clean by any means you know it took me a long time to realize that uh photos don't always have to be tack sharp and in focus and and exposed correctly you know that's it's just sort of sometimes photos just spark a a memory or a vibe they say it's a it's a vibe yeah but it's a real a vibe uh, fam yeah but no, I, I totally yeah. agree i think one of my favorite photos of yours is that um who is it he's doing it might be small fry he's like throwing his bike over a fence and the bike is just perfectly standing upright in the air above him and it's just like such a a cool moment and like i doubt you had that perfectly planned in your head that it was going to be that way and that photo was just like i love that one you gave me a, a big print of it and i'm stoked to have that one Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely one of my most known. It's it's Ewip, who's a oh yeah a yeah that's right, North Jersey local, um, Tri City area, Tri State area legend. Um, Pegless E-Whip. boss. Yep. Yep. Uh, style cat. Um, mm-hmm. Just timeless style. Uh, it's just incredibly talented. Even if he doesn't ride for months, he'll get on a bike and just impress anyone watching. But yeah, we were. We were shooting for the Albion. Uh, he was doing, we were doing like a, a smaller, I think like three or five page interview or maybe just a one page. I don't think it even, no, it did come out. I forget what it came out to be, but we were shooting for a few weeks. And yeah, we were in North Jersey, maybe Central Jersey, Passaic or Patterson, I think that city is, wherever that uh, uh, Clifton, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, we were shooting there and it was getting cloudy and, and we could tell it was about to storm and and uh you can see the spot we were riding in the background. It's just this 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 roof, this like lower roof and then a big bank to a wall ride. And and he was actually about to do this wall ride that had been done already. We didn't realize it, but Garrett Hugerhide had done it. Just this wall ride off the roof to flat. And uh, he didn't end up doing it. He was warming up and it started raining and I had all my flashes out and shit. And so the first priority was putting all the electronics away. Save the obviously. expensive stuff. Yeah. And, and we got that taken care of. And then um, and then I had to go to this fence, this further fence to get my bag, a smaller fence to get my bags over because the, the fence he's throwing his bike over is tall. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's definitely um, like something that strikes you in the photo too. It's like a probably an eight or 10 foot fence. It's not like a little it's, yeah, dinky it's a shoulder height. Old, yeah. They they're serious in New Jersey about their, uh, their property. So I, <laughs> I think there's even barbed wire at the top, honestly. Yeah. And, and he was bike. He climbed right over it and found a little gap in the barbed wire and, and, and made it through. There's a, it's funny to look at that whole role, the whole sequence of events, because I, I was about to not shoot it. I think I was just sort of helping him to like get his shit over. He just had his bike really. And so he, like, all right, yo, you gotta, you gotta get yourself and your body over this fence. Like you want to hand your bike over. He's like, no, I'm just going to throw it and hope it lands on the tires. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll step back. And and I had my, it was my Yashica T4. It, I, it was new to me at the, at the time. And I was shooting so much. And for a while that camera was 
dialed in. The, the autofocus was precise, but at towards the end of my life, towards the end of its life, the Yoshiki T4 sort of crapped out on me. But um, that image is pretty sharp, and it's the timing is almost spot on. And yeah, it became one of my most iconic photos. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, that's uh, very spontaneous. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where the best camera was the one I had with me, and luckily it was a Yoshika T4, which is well Pretty known damn to good be camera. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think it's a it's a bit overinflated at this point, even though it does have that uh, the Zeiss lens on it. Yeah, it. Um, I think it's only a three five. Am I right? Yeah, I think it's that? a it's considered a Tessar, but who knows even exactly the like optical formula, but. But yeah, three five cent. You got it on you. Oh, yeah, dude, that thing is shelf. battered. Yeah, it's a three five. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the the size is perfect, ergonomical. Um, it, the, the thing I don't like about it, and all well, most autofocus point and shoots is the delay you mm -hmm. get from like the the autofocus, and it it's a different. The timing's different depending on how fresh your battery is, so it's hard to like get a feel for an, for an autofocus camera like that mm -hmm. and that's why i recommend now the olympus xa rangefinder yeah. clamshell these it's a tank i've dropped mine like six or seven times and mm -hmm. the back never even popped open um it's a 2.8 it's um i mean that's pretty much all it takes you know it's pocket sized it's a, it's tanked it's it's a 2.8 and there's zero lag because it's manual focus and it's any manual aperture you set the iso and and yeah it's yeah it's just like it's it's perfect for catching a moment like if i'm trying to shoot some sort of scenic riding photo and it's like not anything crazy that needs to be captured digitally then i'll, I'll grab my xa it's always in my bag if not just in my pocket and and uh that's the go-to these days is the olympus xa and there's more than just the xa there's the xa one two three and four the, the three is my favorite. I've had most really? of them except the XA4. Yeah. Okay. I, I've uh, sold them I, all since. I don't know. Expensive point and shoots just like make me nervous. Even if it's only yeah. like 150 bucks or whatever. Like I dropped my XA and the little meter readout in the viewfinder stopped working. But the it's still metered fine because it's like a separate yeah. circuit. But I don't know. You that don't, just yeah. like spooked me. You know, yeah. And you don't even really need to have that meter and some of the things that break like aren't even necessarily required for operation of the camera. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, the, I, <laughs> I forget the timeline, but I ended up getting a stylus Epic, uh, oh boy. those really small cameras. Yeah. And the first day I remember this so vividly twice within a half hour, I was pulling out of my pocket and it just went flying. Oh. <laughs> and for the, I think the back popped open for one, but it was like a fresh, fresh roll. So nothing was exposed. And then the other time it, it stayed closed, but dude, twice in a half hour. Twice just in the like first day. Yeah. They're kind of slick though. They're like shiny and very, very small. Yeah. I have never owned one, but I've like held them and checked them out and decided it wasn't worth 250 bucks. Yeah, I found you those are the cameras you find at thrift stores for like three to six to ten dollars. And and I was for a while I was a thrift store shark for like a whole summer into fall, maybe a full year. I was I was hitting thrift stores pretty heavily. 
And I ended up finding a grip of them. The one that I was shooting with, I actually got at a garage sale in Chicago, well, Naperville. And uh, I paid $2 for it. I felt bad because they had it listed. They had it listed for three. And I already, <laughs> you, I walked up to it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, okay, so this camera's worth $300. They're charging three. And I'm going to tell them I only have $2. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, yeah, sure. Amazing. <laughs> like, no, but yeah. But I mean, uh, there was a, a more recent time I was picking up some uh, some other stuff it was on craigslist but i gave i gave the dude more than what he wanted because i knew it was super valuable and he didn't yeah. realize it i was just like yo keep the change dude have a good day because he was just getting rid of gold he had no idea mm -hmm. so yeah like everybody dreams it, about that situation but uh i've only yeah. been in that once and it was not as amazing of a score as yours dude if you manifest it it'll happen and if you go to enough thrift stores you're bound to find some deals like that very true I've always struck out in kind of that, uh, I don't know, it killed my thrift store motivation. It'll happen. Yeah, it's tough in, in, the, in the city. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about doing it in the city or even Long Island, I'm sure, yeah. anywhere in the tri-state, there's a lot of people doing it. That's why the best finds are in the Midwest. The, my best thrift store estate sale and, and Craigslist transactions have gone down between Denver and Ohio. And, and dude, they're like just crazy come-ups it's crazy it's it, but yeah it's hard it's way harder on the coast especially in la it's hard to find the deals everyone's looking for them yeah yeah that's kind of my thought i'm like anything that was out there has already been snapped up by you know some emerging hipster that knew what they were <laughs> looking for yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yep nice so i would love to talk about film cameras forever but i do want to ask you some uh some angles so uh, I was just curious, even what made you want to do a full length video and when did like the project become, you know, a real thing? Like, before, you know, when did it go from an idea to like, we're filming for angles, it's going to be a DVD. Right. Yeah. So it was honestly, it was, it was on the, uh, uh my drive back from Interbike, it was in Vegas and it was. 20 uh it was 2016 and um i was driving back from interbike and i was just sort of at the at the time i was kind of burnt out on riding um i had finished that on some shit on everything video series earlier that year uh those came out the first week of april and then inner bike was like September or October. And between that, those two times between April and October, um, man, am I getting these dates mixed up? Maybe, but anyways, I was, sort of burnt yeah. out. I was jaded. I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't even riding that much. Uh, and, and I was on my way back from inner bike and I was thinking about how awesome it was that, uh, I think it, Fuck. Okay, so now I'm getting confused. There, what would, there was an inner bike. There was a Nora event, the Nora Cup, where Stephen Hamilton was introducing Simone as Street Rider of the Year, and he was just being a lunatic on stage. Stephen mm. Hamilton was just going crazy, screaming, making all kinds of weird voices and shit. And I thought it was so funny. And I think that 
that was a different year. I think that was in Texas. Oh my gosh. All right. Anyways, it was a Nora cup. I was driving back and I was thinking, yo, I have all this footage that didn't get used for on some shit on everything. I was supposed to have a split part with Adam. Um, Dylan Stark was supposed to have uh, his own section. So we're sitting on all this footage and I'm, I'm kind of like feeling bummed out. Like I, I knew I hadn't been in the scene lately. I hadn't been riding much, you know, and I, and I was just driving back like, Hey, like this sucks. I think I need to get back into riding. I need a, some sort of project that'll spark my interest again. I thought, okay, I'm going to make a DVD. I'm going to make a DVD starting with this footage that I'm already sitting on. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick some riders who I want to film with and I'm going to make a DVD. And um, how hard can it be? The name Oh, what's that? How hard can it be? I already did the uh, on everything videos. That was pretty much a DVD. I mean, yeah, it, it pretty much was. Uh, it, it came down to being a bunch of different sections, and um, it just didn't make onto a onto a disc. And there was no premiere event, unfortunately. Um, I wanted there to be one, but um, that was a situation where it it made me. Uh, it made me feel better knowing that there I'd have no one to answer to. If I made my own DVD, my own own DVD, there'd be no one telling me you can use this song. You can't use this song. You need to be in this direction, not this direction. It just, I wanted it to be my video and like not be endorsed or sponsored or, or skewed by any other entity, but myself and my own direction. And so, um, so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll make a video. And, uh, and sure enough, um as soon as i started telling people about it and, and people were getting psyched it was like all right i'm back like i was just out riding more i was meeting up going on trips and it was right when i turned 30 too um i turned 30 on the first angles trip and um it's sort of like a and i i started the the bald spot bmx hashtag on that uh-huh. day my day yeah and so that's like a good time marker. That was uh, February 2017, sort of when when I started filming for Angles like, properly was February of 2017. So yeah, I guess it was. Uh, you know, when was the last thing you filmed? Because it's you probably spent a good four, five years filming. I guess the pandemic probably threw a wrench in some of your plans, right? At least premiere wise, because I remember. Uh, I had saw you 2020 pre-pandemic. You were on a trip to Brooklyn, and uh, it was it was a huge crew. I don't know if you remember the day, but we were mobbing around Brooklyn probably in like July 2020. And uh, no, no, is that right? So I think it was 19. Was that 19? Yeah, I don't think <sighs> I went. Man, I feel dude. So- I'm terrible with dates too. Yeah, I don't think I was on the East Coast at all in 2020. I think I think it was 19, and there the pandemic was not even a thought yet. That makes sense because I guess the pandemic, the official start was like really early 2020, right? It was like yeah February. Yeah, it was like March yeah. So it was the end of 2019. Yeah, it was. I I want to say it was it summer was, 2019. It wasn't even the it end. Was summer yeah, 19, it was summer. Yeah, summer 19 for sure. But yes, so if there was a question in there, uh, yeah, that was that was um, the last big, the last road trip I made for Angles was uh, out to New York, stopping everywhere along the way, obviously, and and uh, 
and that was the day Craig went in and got like a most of his clips. Mm-hmm. Um, your clips from here, funny I, enough. Yeah, yeah, my clip um, was from a trip. The first time your I clip. came to California, probably like a Literally. couple blocks away from you. Yeah. A block, one block away. I, I could, I could hit a a pitching wedge to that spot. That's so cool. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, and Grant Grant rode that stuff right there too. And then yeah, you shot that photo of me doing the wall ride. That was all on the same block, like right across the street from me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like uh, the way um, you know you organized the just the amount of footage, like with the amount of like guest clips and like like it was really interesting, you know, because I knew how long you'd been filming and like how many people didn't have parts but had footage it's like especially when you release the like the back cover with just the wall of names yeah yeah but it, it was, all uh... makes so much sense when you're watching it like it, especially because i know like a lot of the dudes in there like how it kind of goes somewhat chronologically with the mixes but it also kind of goes by like crew and by like sort of team loosely yeah, you're right. Was that all and, like uh, in very intentional? Very intentional. Uh, I I spent a long time uh, switching out clips here and there, trying to make it. There's there's only a few uh, segues between riders that don't really make sense in some of the mix sections. Like, um, but for the most part, yeah, there's like some sort of relation that ties together the the two consecutive riders you know what i mean and there's that whole song the whole i call it the midwest bmx.net section that starts with grant c and then it goes to mike stall jesse romano and then it it ends with dan crook which all like if you kind of know your shit and like you pay attention they're all sort of in the same realm that's where your clip is too because yeah. it's sort of at that point it was a we the people thing mm-hmm. obviously and um i i wanted it to make sense it didn't need to, obviously, for the viewer, but I wanted it for my own sanity, for my own rationalization, for every cut to sort of make sense and not just be random. But a, a, a few, a few of them in there are just sort of random, but they still work, I think. But uh, for the most part, yeah, there is a there is a reason for for the order of the riders, if you will. Yeah, I definitely think that worked out. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, even though I didn't know every single name, every single rider, I almost assumed that like they knew each other when I saw their footage kind of like lined up together, like it made it, I don't know, seem like a little mini crew section. Nice. Yeah. Throughout the video, which I, I liked. Definitely worked on that. It was def like very, almost everything was extremely deliberate and intentional. I spent, honestly, I can say a, over a year editing the video, like seriously wow. over a year. Yeah, like you were saying, I wanted it to come out. It was supposed to premiere in April of 2020, but like come February when I'm about to plan it, it's like, uh, everything's shutting down. Like, literally we're not everything. Really, yeah. We aren't legally allowed to congregate in groups of more than six. Like, I don't know if an event, if any sort of premiere is going to happen. So I, I talked to a few people that I was filming with and like, yo, let's just keep filming. You know, they're, there were only a couple people who had a problem with it, uh, but it, the people it whose just sections wasn't... were done, probably right. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple people. Yeah, it, could be, it was it was more advantageous for a few people rather than others to keep filming. A few people obviously were like kind of done and ready for it to come out. And they're like sitting on their clips, like some more progressive stuff that should have come out at that time, you know. But uh, we were we were lucky enough to not have a lot of footage taken out, a lot of clips get get done in that interim. But um, mm-hmm. it worked out nicely for like Sean Moore and I. We'd link up any given weekday, and we'd be able to ride almost any school without any problem. Middle of the week, middle of the day. There was no one watching the facilities, so uh, Sean Moore and I made the best of it from for like from the start of of pandemic um, all the way until like people started catching on to like all the property damage that was happening. You know, yeah. and it was funny. It was sort of uh, it was sort of ironic that the the first people to come back to buildings with security guards. It yeah. makes sense though, because even if there's no one working in the building, they got to have someone sort of watching the building itself. And so when security guards started showing up more than even like staff or faculty or like workers, you know, it was like, all right, like show's over. Uh, let, it, it's back to like dipping and dodging around, you know, but uh, for a while there, no one had any idea what was happening. And so we were just getting in there and, and, in our work hanging out longer than we should have been able to and then leaving on our own accord which is really nice with the clips we wanted and yeah it was just it was it was such a weird time to uh to be out and about because it seemed like the only people that were out and about were like delivering food or like protesting you know that that one that couple of months where it was all black lives matters and and also quarantine and and like it was so bizarre and I don't know. I don't I almost got into it right there, but let's, let's, let's sort of uh, throw me another question before I get. No, no, you could take it wherever you want. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Cause yeah, I, it was a crazy time too, but it felt like security bounced back quicker here. Like maybe, I don't know, on the East coast, they're just less like trusting of like leaving uh, the schools clear, like leaving industrial buildings unattended. Cause you know, we were going to schools like, you know, winter, the you know, probably February-ish. And we were still getting kicked out, like me and Craig. I remember like we'd film a clip and I'd hand Craig or ha- Craig would hand me the camera and I'd like wipe it off with like an alcohol wipe. Like that's how <laughs> paranoid we all were. Like Pedro would be coming up <laughs> really close because like Pedro is a super loud talker. And I would like take like six steps back from Pedro. I'd be like, dude, come on. Give me, give me some you, personal space. You're, you're, you're doing the, uh, the elbows for a while too. I was hitting the elbow bumps. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was taking it pretty seriously. But I mean, yeah. like that, that time around, like I feel like from March to May, no one really knew what was. Yeah, going that's on, what it was. So. It was like just the unknown. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll better be safe. You know, I live at home with my family. I didn't want to like kill my parents or something. So. Yeah, that that definitely was a whole thing too. Yeah, so for sure. Spreading it to everyone in your house is kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was it was just the the not knowing the exact nature of of what was going on and the scope of the virus and the uh, contagion. You know, it was in all the 
weird quarantine talk and they set up like villages for people who tested positive and like a leper also, colony yeah 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 it's so it's crazy so, there was one close to here and it, i just almost felt like i needed to avoid that whole street like i didn't know how actually contagious the thing was there was a cloud but, of covid like in that community yeah. it was like a little bubble you had to stay you know half a mile radius away it almost yeah it almost felt like it was like some sort of toxin like some sort of airborne toxin like a a, a nuclear waste site or something i don't know but yeah, yeah it's just, turns out it's just sort of like a flu that that might be a little more contagious than others and and it might be a little longer lasting but as long as you're in pretty good health like you'll live through it you know it's the people who aren't in pretty good health to begin with that sort of get affected more so yeah yeah that's definitely the really the most at risk and uh you know recently my mom got sick and she went to the doctor and was just like hey, you know, I had like a cold, I had a cough, you know, it's just a usual cold. And they're like, oh yeah, you had COVID. They're like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was COVID. And she's like, what do you, it's like, oh, if you have the vaccine, it's, it's probably just COVID, which I don't know for sure whether it was or wasn't, but everything is COVID now if you get sick. Well, yeah. And you you're vaccinated. If you go to a hospital or a doctor, they get more funding if they're if they have COVID patients. So yeah, they want to tell they want to have more cases because they'll get paid more ostensibly. I don't know. Potentially, yeah. I'm sure it's not every single hospital and every doctor is trying to pump up the COVID numbers, but I'm sure there's some truth to it. Yeah, I didn't want to get too conspiracy theory theorist but uh i we'll save that for when charlie comes on yeah (laughs) he's full of them man you need to have sure definitely he's gonna have his own podcast in the near future too supposedly oh that's charlie crumlish yeah he's a he's a talker dude he is a fucking talker it's hard to have conversations with him sometimes because he just sort of goes on and on and on you know oh yeah but yeah, that'll be perfect. I'm sure. I mean, he's super entertaining. He's very well read. Uh, deep thinker. Yeah, pseudo conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Might even be flat earther. But potentially, yeah. Who knows with that dude? <laughs> either way, it'll be entertaining. I'll probably tune in for a bit. Yeah, him and Kareem too. You know, oh, it's gonna God, be uh, yeah. an experience. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I've got the usual. You know, I wanted to get him out of the way in the beginning, but just the boring gear question. What was your, um, what cameras did you use to film angles? Because I made some assumptions based on what I saw you using when we rode together, but that could have changed. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't think I changed it up at any point. The, the mainstays were the Panasonic HMC 150, which is sort of just like a bigger HD version of a VX. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a uh, bulky uh, rocker zoom handle camera. Um, and I use that for long lens. And for fisheye, I was using a Canon 60D mm-hmm. with a um, like eBay style Opteca 8 millimeter lens, which great story about that fisheye lens is that someone on offer up here was selling that lens for $20 unused. And uh, 
they're worth they go for a hundred regularly sometimes 120 new mm-hmm. uh, depending like on whatever brand puts their label on it right yeah they're all the same lens uh broken on up yeah Pro Op. Mm-hmm. yeah but they're the the one i got was made for nikon and it's actually a little wider than the one they made for canon for some weird reason hmm. so i did have to get a nikon to eos adapter but it was so easy to get and yeah. and it's it was it's wider it is noticeably wider than than the the one they made for canon i did a side by side comparison and uh yeah it's the is it rokinon or is it pro optic either way yeah it's the same thing but it's a, mm-hmm. it's an 8 fish eye made for nikon uh APS-C size sensors and i have it on a 60d Panasonic HMC. For a while, I had also a Canon 7D that was strictly for like tripod shots or like long lens, steady shots. Um, the B cam, the, the tripod about, cam. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, I'm not good with the manual zoom on the DSLRs, so so that's why I only use that one for fisheye, and then the other one was just for steady tripod shots. Um, and then, and then for a while, I was carrying around. Well, for, at at the beginning, I was shooting a lot of Super Eight, and then that got really expensive, yeah. and so I switched. I switched to VHSC for sort of the B roll um, color shots, um, the stuff that gets like spliced in, the little artsy segments and stuff. But it's sort of just the 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 b-roll stuff was either super 8 or vhsc and there's a couple shots in the video that are actually iphone really and i kind of filmed my computer screen with the iphone again to make uh-huh. it sort of just glitchy and lo-fi fucked, it so. a little bit yeah so yeah and, and that nice. stuff was just spliced in at random so i think it it kind of just blended pretty well but but towards the end, it was just the HMC 150 and the Canon 60D for fisheye. And then I had a light. I had batteries. Um, and then I had bike tools and uh, tubes. Whack. Yeah, my bag was full and it was heavy. And yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't. It, it, it became more about being able to survive a day pedaling around rather than like getting every single shot that I needed to get. I could tell going through my footage, uh, a majority was filmed in 2018 and 19. I think I was sort of like most full throttle. I had decided on the name. I decided on a lot of the direction. A lot of the writers already had their songs. And so I was being able to make more specific and deliberate shots based on their songs. And so mm-hmm. I more of what I wanted. So I could kind of like, I could kind of uh, just focus on the gear that I knew I needed. And all I really needed in the end was a long lens and a fisheye and, yeah. and uh, one, like a tripod shot if I needed to, or I just hand it off to whoever was there to get the second angle. But, but I was a lot more deliberate towards the end where in like 18 and 19, I was getting three angles of almost everything, you know, and just and two coverage. Never- yeah. 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 I feel like it's better when you're kind of just like the sole filmer. Because whatever angle you film is the angle and you're kind of right. just, you know, you have to just make the decision on the spot. What's you think is going to be the best way to show the trick and kind of just you're committed to that. Yeah, there, there is definitely, um, 
it, there is a simplicity that you can reach that makes things a lot easier. But I, I mean, that's that for me, that was in like elementary school or like middle school, you know, like, uh, making my first video was just one camera. We didn't even know it was the best angle. We just, we got a, a clip on fisheye lens and we just wanted to use it for everything. Cause it looks so cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it came down to editing, it was like, all right, there's that shot timeline. There's that shot timeline. There's that shot. And there was really no option of angles yeah. or fish or all, <laughs> it was all fisheye one angle. But, uh, yeah, I, if I could go back, I wouldn't take out all those cameras. I wouldn't set up three angles for all this shit. Um, it's not necessary. There's some shit where it, it's, it's nice to have two angles. There's some shots where you do want two angles, for sure. but, uh, there's always one that works better than the other. Uh, it's just nice to have the luxury of, of showing both, you know? Yeah. I think like Howard's part, especially there were some second angles that literally just like made the setup make sense or made his like peg placement make more sense because otherwise it's like this crate one rail's going up and one's going down and there's like a foot between them and he took his peg off to do one of the tricks like stuff like that yeah i was happy to have your like your extra coverage for yeah there's there's one shot in particular in howard's section towards the end uh he does a crooked grind like a 60 40 crooked grind where one rail's lower and then one rail's above it to the left and he's got his his right front peg on further over and then his left back peg down here. And I had Nick Sebasti film the long, I was fisheye and, and there was a threader at the end. It was a very complicated setup. And so we needed the two angles and I, I kind of wanted to just set one up on tripod, but it needed to be in the middle of the street or across the street. And I didn't want to risk having a car go in front of it or just to take out a variable. I, I gave the camera to Nick. And he filmed it super tight, super tight. Yeah. The shot in there is like, it's like knee, knee and peg and rail, you know? And I was like, at first I was like, damn, dude, like real really tight. Yeah. This tight. And then, and, and for a little bit, I was like, damn, I wish I had a more wide shot. I should have just set up on a tripod, blah, blah, blah. And then towards the end of editing, I was like, yo, like that shot really brings it together. Cause what he's doing is so complex and the setup is is just so diverse that it was really good to have that that extreme close up mm -hmm. and i sh showed almost all of both angles because it was just there was so much going on you needed the two angles you needed to tell that whole story yeah for sure i think that one that one really worked i know exactly the clip you're talking about yep yeah same thing and, with the and, x up crook too that like without the the straight on long angle yeah the, and like the you almost way. don't even know it's it's a crook yeah and and he howard himself had to point out that it's the hard way x crook they it, it takes a certain rider to it's like the x the, in right it's not the yeah, uh like, yeah yeah because you're over x yeah yeah you're and pulling so I was like, off you're going against it Yep. Yeah. And, and I was like, yo, okay. So we really need to show more than one angle of this. Yeah. If the fisheye angle almost didn't show it, it was a crook. And the long angle shows that it's a hard way X into it where like, yeah, if he was to start letting go of the X, it would push him out of the crook where the easy way X, you can sort of let go of the X a little bit. You could even like crank arm out a little bit, but dude, yeah, that, that hard way X is deadly. But uh, he said he said recently that that was the cl 
cleanest one he's done. And, and I'm glad it's for angles because he's really pushing the X grind. Did you see him do the 180 faky X down that rail? Yeah. Yeah. He did X up grind yeah. up a hubba, which I don't know if yeah. I've really seen before. Yep. He's, he's wild with it. Um, him and Dustin, Dustin Arp, they, they love the X up grinds. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dutch, yeah. the, um, that triple kinker, yep. the long yellow one, that clip yeah. insane. Yeah, that X of grind of crook too that he did. Um, yeah, 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 that one too. On that, that rail in Tallahassee, that was pretty insane. Yeah, nice. um, that that's that's one of my favorite stories too for that clip because we literally went to Florida just to get that clip. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. we well, it was the last it was the last trip for filming, and we all flew into Atlanta. It was Dustin, Howard, Alex, and I. And we all flew in separately and, and linked up. Uh, and and for a day, we rented a truck and we drove down to Florida just for that rail. <laughs> and we got there that day and, and we were all ready to like post up. We were ready to watch a battle. I think we brought snacks, you know. <laughs> the folding and chairs he, came out. <laughs> we were ready for it. And he ended up getting it within like 20 minutes. Uh, and it was, it was incredible. It was, uh, he did it so smooth and we were all just, we were surprised. We were hyped. Um, the, I, the shot, like his, the excitement celebration shot is, is in the end of the outro. He's just, Dustin is beside himself with enthusiasm. You don't, you can see, you can see it's, it's genuine excitement and surprise that like, it's like holy shit like a you just got your ender clip and b you just got it so quickly and clean that like everyone everyone involved was just like so, so just so hyped like like it it was it was just like a moment where it all just came together like i was on, i think i was on the verge of tears like just really? just so like that yeah. like a like cuz dustin was like kind of struggling getting getting his clips you know i he, He's more, he's, he's picky, you know, obviously yeah. he's, he's, he's 37 years old. He's still riding BMX, like a world of props to this man. So inspirational, my brother, my older brother, and he, it's not as easy for him, for us to be getting clips. And so when we pick our battles, you really got to pick and choose, you know what I mean? And so we, mm -hmm. we made like an entire trip to Florida <laughs> for, for that one clip. clip. Yeah. It, it wasn't guaranteed, you know, the weather wasn't guaranteed, the rail, like, dude, the, you should have seen the moment we showed up, we, we we drove to Tallahassee in the night, and we pulled up to just to check out the rail before we even got a hotel room, and, and dude, there was a chance that the rail wasn't even there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was a chance that was broken, because, yeah, that, that Jamie Foy dude wrecks that rail on the mm -hmm. daily, from what I understand, but seeing that it was there and it was in one piece and that it was rideable. Like that was like part of the battle was just getting there and realizing that, like, okay, tomorrow we're coming here and you're going to get your ender clip hopefully. And so we get there and, and, and everyone's just ready for, for the worst, but hoping for the best, you know, and boom, like within, honestly, within 15 minutes, I, I think it was within 10 tries, dude, he's Jeez. rolling away screaming scream i had to edit out his scream he thought he, i think he was embarrassed by his celebration like when he landed yeah but dude everyone everyone was just losing it it was it was incredible yeah great yeah it's amazing yeah.
Yeah. I feel like it could go either way sometimes in that situation where like if you land the trick too quickly, you're almost like disappointed. <laughs> like you built it up to be this big thing and you you do it first try and you're like, oh, all right, I guess I got to do something else. Yeah. But and now this know, situation, all, all the leading up to it and like everything on the line, all the uncertainty, like, and I'm sure, you know, it wasn't first try. You said like, you know, 20 minutes, maybe 10 tries. Like, I'm sure the attempts were not all like he was close. Like I'm sure it took, yeah. it took effort. It was not easy. Cause that's well, like an impossible one, combination in my, in my head. It, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he was, he was doing the X grind and um, he X through completely once, I think. And then he, I think one time he lifted up, but didn't put it over to crook. But but it was just so quick. It was just so quick. I, I don't think he wrecked at all. There were a couple bales, but he didn't wreck. And and it was just he all of a sudden he was rolling away. But yeah, it was it was everyone. Everyone was just so surprised. We actually we had gotten a hotel room for two nights just in case. Really? And so we had the whole rest of that day. We ended up riding the rest of that campus, which is stacked. Holy shit, dude. That that whole area yeah, is a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's um that campus is cool. Alex got some stuff and then and then on the next morning uh Alex got this one clip. It's just this like little like three stair to out rail right side fat round like teal aquamarine colored rail. It's in Alex's section where he does mm -hmm. like a gap out to Pegs unlucky hard? Un oh, underside. No, okay. His, his pegs grinding like the bottom of the rail and yeah. he's got his pedal locked in and yeah. we we're getting we we're getting chased out by security and that was kind of like our exit from Tallahassee from Florida altogether was like being chased by security Alex getting his clip and we just be pedaled from the clip he landed it and I ran I had I was on foot and and he pedaled to the truck. He threw his bike in the truck and and we drove back to Atlanta right after that because Atlanta <laughs> Atlanta is a, is another story, dude. That place is stacked as well. And, yeah, I've heard. And we wanted to get there. There was so much more to do there. So that that was our Florida trip. Yeah, sounds like a good trip. Yeah, it worked out. So yeah, um, I was curious. You know, we were talking about Dustin. Do you know what's his uh, knee situation? Because I've seen he's uh, he rides in a brace. Does he have like a ACL thing? What's do you know the details there? Well, the most pertinent detail right now is he just tore his other knee no. uh, earlier this year. Yeah, well, I think it was in February or March. He blew out his other knee, mm -hmm. um, and he's actively recovering from that. But his, his existing knee injury was an ACL blowout with surgery. I'm pretty sure he's got... Dutt's gnarliest scar is is on his stomach. He he ruptured his spleen. I think was the story uh, when he was like in high school wrestling. I or no 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 oh. yeah riding. Uh -huh. it, it's a crazy story. It's a really crazy story if you ever talk to him about it. But in a nutshell, his spleen I, or some other internal organ was ruptured, and for a few days he was living with the pain. And and I guess it was like after a wrestling meet he had where he was finally like, yo, like I got to go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, hey, like, I don't know how you're living through this. Like most people would have passed out from this pain. 
and and like he got an emergency surgery and he's got this crazy scar up his stomach jeez um, and then and then uh his knee is his i yeah i i don't know the exact story of his knees but yes he just blew out his other knee and so i i i don't know if he's gonna be riding dual brace but mm-hmm. that's definitely ability dude um but yeah, he's he has no plans of slowing down from what it sounds like. And so again, a world of respect to my older brother Dustin Hart, because he's just so dedicated. He's so down for the cause, for the struggle, for the pain, for the glory, you know, like every cliche that could be said about Dustin like wanting to do the BMX thing. It's just like he's doing it, he's living it. And uh it's great to watch and it's it's inspirational. Yeah, it's awesome. I was just curious because uh you know, Lewis has been dealing with a knee injury. So I guess it's just been a little more like on my mind when I see like riders with a knee brace, like Mastroni used to ride in a knee brace for for probably a couple of years, right? Yeah, I remember that. I remember but, that. Knee, they're, they're, they're sketchy. That I mean, I guess the younger you can get them fucked up, the better maybe. I don't know. You got it. My, my best uh my best uh advice i guess is to keep the rest of your legs strong keep the quad strong keep the calves strong because that's less wear and tear on the knee itself i i don't know like like i thought the the clip of dustin's recent knee blowout is just it looks so like nothing so like nothing yeah Yeah. like like he's he just puts his foot down or something yeah excuse me yeah take your time so i guess now would be a time i can ask lewis how are you doing with your uh your rehab and your knee oh i mean uh you know tracking along just slow with the knees i mean there's there's a slow healing joint it just takes a while takes its time you got to put the work in but what scott was saying dude i mean like keeping the muscles around your legs strong is super super important just to prevent injury as well because i mean like that's an easy way you can tear it but a lot of those knee injuries i mean like it's just like a random you put your foot down a little weird and it just it just goes but it's so Mm -hmm. weird how it can happen like that yeah that it's a very scary thought yeah i did watch the clip of dustin it just it looked like nothing he planted his foot it didn't even look like it was hard like a hard plant but it just twisted in the right way and and snap there goes a ligament you know yeah yeah What'd you do to yours, Lewis? Mine was uh, ACL. Yep, that's. I think that's. I, it's the most common, I guess. But there's so many. I mean, there's four. It's very. Points. It's very common. It's not a good one to tear, but it is like extremely common in like all sorts of sports. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You always hear ACL. Um, sometimes PCL, MCL. Yeah. I don't even know what the, the last one's LCL or something. I don't know, but. There's a lot on in the knee and with what we do, it's just, it's, it's too common to just plant your foot wrong. And yeah, I I guess, I don't know if I, I should probably get mine, maybe get mine checked out. But but at this point, I think I've been doing enough strengthening of the rest of my leg. I ride road bikes fairly often. And so my quads are pretty toned if I might say so, uh, and my calves are doing all right. But yeah, if there's anything that's weak in my knee, then then my calf and my quad are, are helping it 
sort of exist on its own. But yeah, I mean, I've heard stories it give me hope that people tear a ligament in their knee and never get it repaired and it sort of yeah. just mends itself in any sort of way. But yeah, if, if that's if the knee feels weak, just strengthen up the quad and the calf and, and it'll at least help take some of the pressure off, you know, and it's just sort of the way the body kind of can repair itself in a bunch of different ways. But you can tell like, like when you hurt hurting your foot, I've hurt my foot. I've broken my foot a couple of times. Uh, another one of my plaguing injuries, there's there are 28 bones in the foot, I think. And it, some of them are so small and easy to break that even if you just like hairline fracture one or bruise one, your whole body's out of whack because the rest of your body your has weight's to adapt. all wrong yeah you're yeah mm -hmm. and like it, it might it sometimes gets your back fucked up um your balance you know like yeah it's just the smallest thing stemming from a, a foot injury is it's just the foot is just so integral to maintaining the rest of the body that even like a a little bit of uh, of like a, a bruised heel can fuck your whole body up because you're worst. just gingerly like leaning to one side throwing your whole back out of out of alignment so yeah it's it's crazy what what we're doing to our bodies but it's also crazy how well our bodies can just sort of adapt fix themselves and, yeah if we give them if we give it the right time and, and supplements and uh and and like uh just relax relaxation you know like like some injuries like i mean dude the rice method the i don't know how they've been going back and forth on the icing i guess but i i ice as soon as i hurt like i'll say my foot the last time i hurt my foot immediately elevated it at the spot put it up on something got ice as quickly as possible and ice 15 minutes no ice 15 minutes ice 15 minutes no ice 15 minutes but keeping it elevated as much as possible throughout the entire day helps immensely yeah i see too many people kids mostly hurt themselves and they just don't think two shits about it you know and there is there is uh, the fact that a, a younger healthier body can mend itself easier but it's it's crazy to see younger kids like just sort of hop right back on their bike like like in an air like in a fucking air cast sometimes yeah it's still it like you see it at the mind. skate park yeah especially yeah. but i mean props to props to a young healthy body you know i used to have one i used to be able to get back up and just sort of be made out of rubber it felt like at some points but man like getting older is just taking more time to to listen to your body and and give it what it needs to to be able to get back out there, you know, like, yeah, it's just, it's keeping your body healthy, uh, leads to keeping your mind healthy. And then it just leads to longevity in, in a lot of ways for riding has become this just sort of like long-term, uh, battle with just keeping my, my body mobile and my brain young, you know, um, cause with every injury now, it's like, man, am I still able to do this? Do I still want to do this to myself? Like, is it worth all of this pain and struggle? I don't know. I, I mean, I've been getting hurt a lot lately, so I have a lot of that on my mind, but, but yeah, it's just, 
giving your body, listening to your body and giving it what it needs to, to heal itself is sort of the name of the game at this point, you know? Definitely good advice. Yeah. I think, uh, Jeff Z is like a really good example of that. Like he's out on the bike, you know, he's shooting a lot, you know, for companies. So maybe he's not always like filming clips, but you know, I watched Jeff Z battle for a clip. Um, I was trying to think uh, where the clip went. Maybe it just went on Instagram because I, I shot a photo of it and I think he just put it on Instagram with the clip maybe, but he was getting bucked over the bars. He was getting like, you know, face right up against the rail and like, dude, he's still going. That's amazing. He, he is, uh, and vegan powered, example. right? Plant powered. His diet and his stretching. We, <laughs> We call him, a few of us call him old stretch and fart because he's always stretching and always farting. And he's uh-huh. so ashamed of his farts anywhere. <laughs> like in the middle of conversation, Jeff Zee, I don't want to throw him under the bus or anything. I don't think he's, he's not listening, I don't he, but he just no. farts like in the middle of like a serious conversation. Like, all right, like there must be something to it, but he, he's got a very strict vegan diet and he's always stretching and dude, he's, he's in his he's in his forties and he's still riding BMX. So there's gotta be something to that. And for sure. And, and keeping your body agile and, and, uh, nimble. And, and, uh, I, I don't know much. I, I've been trying to look up, look into different diets these days. Um, but there might be something to the vegan diet that just helps keep you going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, Jeff Z is, is a, is a glowing example of, of what you can, what your body can keep doing if you just give it the right resources, you know, and, and you just keep it ready, ready for battle. Yeah, You're right. absolutely. And I think, yeah, what you said, like your mind plays as big a role with riding, especially like even just your reaction time has to be super quick oh, okay. and you just have to make a split second decision where, you know, if you're stuffing your face with McDonald's cheeseburgers and Coca-Cola, <laughs> you may feel like a piece of shit and like, get a face full of rail instead of putting your hand out or something. You're very right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it works, it, it works differently for everyone. You see a lot of people just smoking so much weed and riding. It's like, I don't know anybody if, like that. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they make it work, but dude, yeah. Uh, traditionally, you get stoned and your reaction times are, are slower, but some people, they can just, they're like cats out there just getting out of any sticky situation, just stoned off their ass. Um, and yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be weed that slows you down. You're right. Like a poor diet will fuck with your, your brain, your reaction time, your perception. And, um, it all sort of ties into, to the way your body will react to, to, a, a sticky situation or an injury even you know um you just got to be ready for it and uh yeah part of being ready for it is is just simple stretches like that if you can't get out of the situation plan a at least for plan b your body's ready to be contorted or twisted or planted in some weird way it's not just completely cold shocked into some horrible contortion you know so yeah. it's Stretching is the warm up def- and the stretch is everything. I think once you're over like 20, 22, the stretching before the session becomes like essential. Cause I'll like, I'll get on a bike and like immediately I'll just get off like 
need to stretch, can't do like I'm gonna just pull something. Yeah, you just feel I've tight. Read, you don't feel like comfortable. I've read conflicting situation. I've read conflicting um, sides of the argument where you want to stretch before you do any activity, or also you want to warm up a bit and then stretch. Mm-hmm. And so my go-to these days is is before I even pedal. Sometimes I'll like pedal around the parking lot or whatever, but I'll jump rope for a few minutes just to get warm and nimble and then I'll stretch and then I'll ride. But, um, I try not to do any sort of riding, even like a hop 180 or like a bunny hop of any sort until I'm a little bit warm. Cause you never know, like you just never know. And, and the more you can control your motions, like jumping rope is, is huge for me these days. Uh, it's definitely my, my favorite, exercise or my favorite uh warm-up method but do you keep a jump rope in the camera bag i do i do i keep a light on the one i use at home has weighted handles so i don't like to carry it around Mm -hmm. but um it is it is very very useful and if you don't even have one you just do jumping jacks jump and just jump in uh in a rhythm yeah simulated jump rope imaginary yeah and and you get your body warm for a couple minutes then you do your full stretch routine hit the ground sit on your butt do any sort of leg stretches back stretches arm stretches i i always i love doing the neck roll and i'll i'll do the neck roll until i until i don't hear any like creaks or crunches but mm-hmm. do the neck it's, it's so crucial like you can get whiplash so easily sometimes and that shit will take you out for weeks like it's just little things like that, like little things that can be prevented that that I have to look out for these days, you know. Yeah, I feel we you on the neck of- thing because uh, I missed out on an amazing session. Uh, we found this spot in an industrial area. It was these bent sections of sheet metal. It was like probably like two inch thick steel sheet metal. Like maybe it was for like some kind of a uh, structure that was going in the ground. But it was these perfect quarter pipe transitions that were just huge slabs of sheet metal and they were loaded on trucks and climbing over the fence to ride them. I tweaked my neck and I couldn't even carve the transition. Luckily, I had a camera, so I got to like shoot my friends. Uh, I think Austin was there. Johnny Nemesek was there, uh, a Long Island legend. And, uh, you know, shot some photos of them. You know, Johnny tabled out of this um very very sketchy tetanus shot inducing uh and it was probably like easily like an eight foot quarter and he was tabling like three four feet out of it with no deck but i could couldn't even carve it because my neck was just like in agony yeah it's uh it's definitely uh it's one you don't think net. of either, right? You you assume like you're gonna stretch your like back or your legs, like yeah, it's the whole spine to neck to head assembly is is so crucial to the whole rest of the body, you know. Mm-hmm. I always I always make it a point to even if I'm not like going out riding, you know, I'll wake up and drink my water and stretch my neck just to make sure it doesn't like dude so one time one time 
I tweaked my neck driving. I was driving. Checking and I was your blind over- spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, was, and I was just, I don't know what, like, I just went wild. And I was like, and I was like, yo, fuck that. And, and for a week, yeah, I was like, dude, I just hurt myself looking. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just something you don't think about. And so, yeah, since then, it, it's been, you just got to stretch it out. I stretch it out every morning just to make sure that shit doesn't happen again. Yeah, good one to be aware of. So I got another question for you. Uh, as the the filmer, producer of Angles, was it hard to like get footage for your own section? Like, how was that process? Because um, you have, it, I really enjoy your section, and you know it doesn't come off as like the clips that you could get in between filming. It was like you have your own, you know, you have a real part. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely, I worked hard and, um, I, I scared myself quite a bit, which I really like, I don't like to do like in the moment scaring myself, but in the long run, scaring myself is something that I do appreciate and I do enjoy, um, afterwards, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I filming for my own section, um, the the toughest part was making sure I had someone who could hold the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, there are a few situations where it was, it was only that rider around and I had something I definitely wanted to do. So I said, here, take this, try your best and and I'm going to try my best and and we got it done. But, uh, um, ideally I would have someone like Grant C was around a lot filming um when when i realized that justin shorty could film fisheye pretty pretty good like that really, really helped yeah i had no idea oh i didn't know uh, he um yeah that's cool very proficient fisheye filmer uh and so as, as soon as i realized that was the case i it felt a lot better knowing that because we were always out filming justin shorty and i he's super motivated but so so having him at least on fisheye was really helpful but um Towards the end, I was a lot pickier with what I was filming because I already knew I had what I wanted. And it was kind of more about just making sure everyone else was happy with what they had. And so um, it wasn't a huge issue per se, but a lot of what I had to look out for was that sometimes I take a long time to get my clips and I have a bad habit of trying things that I've never done before <laughs> on the spot, like, like with someone filming, like trying something I've never done before and sort of just figuring it out as I go, which would yeah. eat away at the session, you know, like eat away at the daylight, even eat away at the trip. And so at certain points I was like, yo, like I can't keep doing this. There's people I want to get clips of. There's only so much time in the trip. You know, it's like, Hey, like I'll have to call it, hopefully come back someday. But like, these other guys got a ride, you know, like it's almost more, it is, it kind of was more important for me at at points to let the other guys ride more than I could. And there's definitely situations where like, I wanted to step in and ride the same spot and get my clip, but then like the rider took their time getting their clip. And so they're just, it just wasn't going to work out, but yeah, I I did what I could. Most of my footage is a little bit older because towards the end I was sort of I was hurt or I was I was focusing on everyone else being happy with their sections. So mm-hmm. it was it was uh, not as much of a struggle as it could have been. 
but also it was difficult at times to, to have my section come together. But I, I, I'm very happy with it, and, and I still have a f- few minutes of footage that's about to come out soon. Really? The leftovers. Yes. Six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like you went fast in your part in uh, Plenty of Clips. I went fast? I feel like you went pretty fast, yeah. I, I, like, I know your style tends toward you know, like technical grinds and like free coaster stuff, but I feel like you rode a lot of like good rail setups and rail ledge combos and like, you know, it wasn't just ledge dancing, but yeah, there was, there know, were all the clips that were like ledge work, like deserved to be in there like that. I think it's feeble, easy 180 backwards manual cab Smith on like two benches in a row. That one, for some reason, just stuck out to me. I guess I'm not a backwards manualer, so that like is unbelievable to me that that is physically possible. Although Hankins <laughs> is like can do that shit like somehow second nature. But. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I I I love that clip. Um, I love that trick. That trick feels so good to be able to lock it in. Um, but yeah, I I edited my section very fast. Um. Maybe maybe it makes it seem like I'm riding faster, but there mm. there are a couple clips where I made it a point to go a little faster. There are a couple clips where I had to go fast. There's the one gap clip in my section that stands out because you can tell I was just so scared to jump this gap. I went like almost as fast as I could and jumped it and got it over with. Mm-hmm. But, was it like uh, a gap into the street? Was it like um it I'm was, trying to think of the clip? Yeah, it's up a bank and then over a guardrail and threader next to a stop sign. It's like, yeah, it's like oh, up a up a, a launch over a cement block over a guardrail into a driveway with a, a stop sign thread. And mm-hmm. and it's so like I, I went back and forth on even including it in my section because it was sl- kind of sloppy, like untucked, like kind of survival hop. Yeah, but I thought and i didn't have any other gaps in my section so i just i threw it in there but yeah that's the fastest i've gone for a clip it like in in years was for that gap i think and and uh and then like for a couple like basic grind clips i, I did go a little faster just to make it look better but yeah I, I i still i still struggle with finding my own style i guess um but i like to have a variety of clips when i'm filming for for a video part i i I make sure i i kind of touch all the bases and not focus too much on one area or another act for for angles i i made a a, like a list like a a tally for each peg that i used and i made sure that i had a good balance of all the pegs wow but the front right peg was neglected quite a bit uh, and the back left was used pretty often but i mean that's just the way it goes yeah, that's the reason my fourth peg came off after a few years. At least my mental tally was like so deficient for that that back foot peg. It's just like, why do I have this on? Like it's right. just in the way and it feels unnatural to grind on. Like switch ice has always felt terrible. Switch feebles, I felt like it was a crutch because I'm goofy. So all I did was like switch feeble hard. And I thought it was I just see. like, eh, let's get rid of it. <laughs> Were there any uh, really hard clips from your section that like, you know, other than holding on for dear life, the guardrail threader? Like you think, was that the hardest clip to get in your section? 
Probably not. No. Uh, mentally, it was just, it wasn't even the scariest either. There's, there's a couple things in there where I was just like terrified. Well, I guess that gap is up there, but, but actually getting the clip was just a matter of pedaling fast and going for it. There's, I'm trying to think like, I, I remember I struggled with the, the ice to Smith to pop up Smith on that, um, it's like a it's like a ledge drop ledge to cut right side. It's like a step setup. ledge, right? It's like going up. Yeah, I know the clip. Yeah, so I was going up it, it with like an ice pick and then Smith, and then you had to go up the next ledge to Smith, and I just couldn't get that second Smith pop for whatever reason. That's kind of the day that I realized that I I understood the Smith pop up where like the Grand C Smith pop up, right? It, he's say sort that of, again? you know, the Grant C. Smith pop up. Like he's yeah, sort of exactly. the master of it, right? And that's kind of who I was picturing. It, it's he doesn't really lock. He doesn't like die like lock into the Smith. He sort of just taps it lightly and then pulls right back up. Mm-hmm. And I kept sort of digging into the first Smith and and not having the the time or the muscle to like pick back up and hop again. But it's a matter of just like gingerly like touching your peg into the first smith keeping your weight all the way back still and then just sort of like hopping right back up it was sort of like a that's 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 a clip where i learned it on the spot the smith pop up but uh knowing knowing it now it's it's definitely good to have in the bag and it it, it just it sucked at that session it took me so long to figure it out but uh but that one that one took too long uh how many hours are you talking more than one oh okay yeah it wasn't hours it was probably a half hour but it was still like then you learned that trick really quickly 30 minutes dude i've i'm the worst at that too where i will take literally two to three hours to get a clip to the point where like i'll have to stop because i can't like hold on to the bars anymore yeah but i mean yeah been there too i'm trying to think if if there's one in my section but yeah i mean i've had obviously i think we've all had situations where we just had to give up because we were just too weak to hold on anymore we couldn't get the clip um there's situations where i got the clip but i wanted to clean it up and so i kept trying and wore myself out or i kept trying and got hurt and settled for the first one that's definitely a situation um oh my second to last clip I went I went and tried it four different times and uh I wanted it to be my ender but I didn't do it as clean as I wanted so it it ended up not being my ender. Uh What's the clip it's exactly? The, it's the 180 onto the pad to fakey ice to smith to cab out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um yeah. that's like a grand that C lo- spot, right? It's in yeah, it's in yeah, California, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just like a little banked driveway to low right side ledge. And yeah, so I was I was doing 180 up onto the driveway. And then it was sort of a drop into the ledge, which is really nice. It was it was it wasn't like hard to ride, but it I wasn't I'm not gonna say it was easy to ride, but I wore myself out on on four different occasions. I rode until I was just wiped, dude. And I didn't get it as clean as I wanted, you know, and so... Uh, even the make in the I, section? Because I didn't even have a second thought that that was sketchy. No, even the make? No, I'm I'm really uh You're just being about, real picky, yeah. 
Makey Ice being the dry ice where the front mm. wheel is near the ledge. And so I just, I, I kept, because cause that, the one, the make in the section was, it was, I think it was the, the sec, the, I think it was the second time I went to film it. And, um, or maybe it was the third time I went to film it, but it was early on in the tries. It was, uh, it was after work and it was early evening because for the rest of that time it got darker and, and I just, I landed it a couple more times, but it was sloppier than that. But that was actually the cleanest one I got and I still wasn't that happy with it. So I couldn't, I didn't use it as my ender and, and, and my ender clip ended up being something that I, I filmed in like 2017 or 18. I think it was on that first angles trip, honestly, where like at first I didn't think much of it. And then like the more I kind of showed it to people and thought about it, I was like, you know what? Like I, I, I do really like that clip and it, and I actually, it's funny because when I, when I was filming it, uh, it was in Austin and I was staying with Charlie and, and I pointed out to Charles, like, I'm like, yo, Charlie, I'm going to do this. And he's like, he's like, what? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. He's like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, like bet, like, like sh- watch me. And and I did it and, and like, it was smooth. And I like, I like the, the setup and I like the being able to use both sides of the bike. I really like that in a clip. And so the more I sat on it and thought about it, it was like, all right, like that can be my ender if I can't get what I wanted. Cause dude, when I tell you I struggled with, with that other clip, with the fakey ice smith cab like i it was at the deadline too this was like up until like a month before the premiere i was there wearing myself out trying it like tearing up my hands like back sore just sweating everywhere shirtless midnight you know bat like lights are dying it was one of those and it was like and and like i was all in and, and it just didn't I ended up having to settle for, for one of the earlier makes and it just still wasn't as clean as I wanted. And I still did it, you know, like I still got the clip, obviously I still used it, but like if I could have gotten it clean, I would have loved to have it as my ender, but sometimes things just don't work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you still use it in the end though. Cause, uh, that's definitely a clip that still stood out to me regardless of whether you did it flawlessly without any dryness, you know, all that. I, don't know, I feel like yeah, people get a little same. too hung up on all that. Yeah, and if I'm sure if I didn't point it out that no one really, not a lot of people think twice about it. A, a funnier story is that this, I think it was the second time I went there to film it. Grant C was filming it, and um, Jeff Z pulled up as soon as I landed it for the day. It was my last try, um, and I was just, I was just over it. I was like, this is it. This is my last try. Jeff, Jeff Z just showed up. I'm, I want to hang out and talk to him. Like, right here, this is it. And I landed it. But I knew it wasn't that clean. Like, I knew it was super dry. I didn't even bother to watch it. But I still landed it. And Z was hyped. And I was hyped. And Z was hyped. He's like, yo, like, that's a, that's a really good trick for this setup. Like, you're really using it. And I was just sort of, like, thinking in the back of my head, like, like I'm not using this clip. Like, uh-huh. I knew that I did it sloppy. But I was like, thank you, thank you. Like, yeah. Like I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, I'll be back to get it cleaner. But just yeah. knowing that like appreciated by someone like Jeff Z, I was like, all right, like there, there's probably something to it. Maybe it doesn't have to be the cleanest ever. And it's not my ender. So it doesn't, it doesn't like stick out as much, but yeah. I mean, there's a few things in there I would have liked to done cleaner, but it is what it is at this point, you know? 
Give me one sec. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> Everybody can just take a cough break. Yeah, I'm actually going to take a piss real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So what do you got going on today, Lewis? Uh, not much. Chilling? Yeah. Uh, did a little bit of a like knee, ha- knee rehab earlier before this. Uh, but got a little bit of work to do, then chilling. Gotcha. Because I think I might do a little local session. Word? I'm not sure if this is going to make it into the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, there's a new spot in, uh, in Bayshore. Do you know the... um? The OG, the crappy Toys R Us spot with the like yeah. loading dock with the little bank. There's something new there? Yeah, so they put in these little, um, they're these like ankle height fat yellow rails that are like dumpster guards. It's like oh. a, a three-sided like frame that goes around the base of the dumpster. Okay. And they're like pole jams on the, um, the open side. No way. Yeah, yeah, they put in a crazy spot and, uh. Oh, shit. I don't know if I'm making it to the skate park today, so I was thinking maybe roll through there. So if you want to come, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, let me know. I'm down. Yeah, for sure. I'll let you know. We'll talk more off air. I think Scott is uh coming back to us. He must have taken a speed pee. Oh, I was just thinking about a clip I struggle with in a different way was um, mentally I was taking a bunch of bitch runs at this uh it's towards the end of my section it's this uh kinked hubba with a rail on it um it's like a four flat four like a quick one is it the I one did you the did on both sides no, no 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 um uh that one that one's old and that was quick uh, i was in my prime of riding when i filmed those clips but when i'm when i was riding for the one i'm talking about now i was on a quick day trip no it was a, it was an overnight trip up to slow san luis obispo with reed and um i was just bitch running you know i i i always like to just go for it just sort of calculate visualize and go for it and and as soon as i take one bitch run it just almost becomes like multiple tens dozens of bitch runs you know um yeah i always try it all the time yeah every every successive bitch run just becomes harder like more difficult and difficult and so i was just in a downward spiral of bitch runs at this point and and finally i was just like yo reed like if i don't if i don't hop right here we're leaving like next spot you know like we need to we should go film some other stuff and i don't know what made me do it but i was like i just went for it and it was it was uh one take got the clip i was so hyped i was so hyped if you if i ever show that raw clip dude i was i was losing it as much mm-hmm. as reed was losing it behind the camera like it's funny when i was editing that clip i cut it like right before reed's celebration he was screaming like before like it was this tight landing where i had to like carve out before a wall and like right as soon as i was carving out reed was screaming from behind the camera and i threw my bike and i was i was like dude like like that and that that really that I, I want to say that was like spring of 19, maybe fall of 18. But like from then on out, it was, it was, it was. Fuck. I forget when exactly it was, but. Oh, you cut out there for a second. I don't think we could hear you. Like, yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Ooh. My girl, my girl is calling me. Out. Let me text her real quick. You can hear me now, though. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. hear you now. Uh, okay. You want to pause uh, for a minute okay. and you can talk to her? No, I just texted her. Oh, word. It's good. Okay. So that clip, that that clip, like sparked, like this, this, this flame in me to like really go harder. You know, like like just the fact that I fired it out, like like it was a mental battle. And it, but as soon as I, as soon as I pulled the trigger, it was in the bag. And so that really like mentally sparked my riding for the, like the, almost the rest of the filming for my section, I was on a roll. That gap that I, that we were just talking about, that was the next day after that clip. And then there's a clip, um, that didn't come out yet. It's in the leftovers where I feeble down this wooden rail with a pole threader at the bottom. It was the same day. I was just on a roll. Like, like and that's all it took was like that that one that one hubba that one like it's such a quick clip like literally it's like really like a fast kinked hubba mm-hmm. but um that's all it took i was just like i was hyped again you know i had my confidence back uh i had the drive back and, and i was just having fun like scaring myself and and that carried me for probably about a year until i hurt my foot um I, I was trying to get an ender ender and, and I broke my foot and, and then right after that, I broke my, where I, I, uh, tore a, a ligament in my thumb and it was, that was kind of like, that was, that was June and August of last year. It was, it was almost exactly a year ago today wow. that I tore my thumb. And since then I, I've just sort of been maintaining, I guess, like, I haven't really progressed, but I've been sort of just maintaining my riding, which is kind of sad. Like it's in a way it's just at least like, I'm not losing it, you know, but like, I haven't, I've been holding back because I've just been sort of ginger on my body and, and I haven't had that spark, you know, like it's been a lot of filming or not filming. Well, like filming, like being behind the camera, a lot of editing, a lot of healing, and I just haven't been that confident with my riding. And so, um, so, so it's definitely a point for me from here on out. Now that I'm done, done with the video, um, I want to, to make sure that I don't lose my riding altogether. And, and like I was saying earlier, in, my, in the older ages, like, you know, I'm 34 years old. And so uh, my body is my body's probably in the in its 40s dude i got city miles <laughs> like i've done damage to almost every part of my body and so the the moment i i stop using it i'll lose it you know like there's a lot of merit to that saying if you don't use it you'll lose it and so even something as simple as like like going to a basketball court and just riding flatland for like a half hour just to keep that dexterity to keep that mobility to keep the muscle memory going like the longer you go without riding, the harder it is to get it back, you know? Um, and so I have to be careful not to completely let it go. Like as bummed as I get on injuries, on, on like mental setbacks, on like being sick, you know, there's just so many things that go into like being motivated to ride. And then beyond that, being motivated to send myself, to scare myself, to, to like struggle with a clip for hours, you know, it's just like a, it's a process now, but the more that I actually just ride my BMX bike, the easier it all becomes. And that's something I didn't realize until my thirties. It was just being in practice, like being, uh, 
You have to be comfortable on your bike. Yeah. Exactly. Even if you're just pedaling around on the BMX, hopping curbs, doing manuals, like whatever, like it just, it always helps just to be ready to go out and film and to like scare yourself, to be comfortable, to be confident, you know? And and it's for, for a while, I thought I could just go out and like send it like, you know, I've been riding for like 20 years. Do I should be able to just go out and do this and that? But no, like doesn't work like that. that. Yeah. That's when you get hurt. Yeah. Or have a breakdown and get bummed out, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a process. It's a process. And in, in, I, in the, the older I get, the more I realize it and the better I can ready myself for it. So, so it's, it's good as much as it's bad getting old, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like at, the older you get though, the more like intentional you can get about your filming and your riding. Like it makes you a better mental rider even if it doesn't make your like actual skill better if that makes sense it does make sense because i like to rationalize to myself that i'm almost as happy with myself given the things i pass on now as much as the things that i can get done i'll roll up to a setup thinking like yo this is a sick setup but you know what it's not for me and and sometimes i feel good knowing that I didn't even get myself into the situation, you know, um, it is a rationalization. It is kind of pussy to think of in the back of my head, like, yo, like, look, big up yourself, man. You, you passed on that setup. Like, oh, you don't need that. You don't, you don't even want to try that trick. It's like, yeah, like I, I, I didn't even try, but I kind of, I know my limits now. And I know if I need something or not, like if I'm filming for a part, I'll know if I need this clip or not, you know, and and like, I'll know mentally like, oh, do I want to really get myself involved with this struggle? Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, 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 I like to, I like to give myself points even if I don't get the clip, you know? And and so it, it, it might be a stupid rationalization, but yeah, um, it's, it's, it's smarter to be more deliberate and pickier with what I do these days and leave it to the kids. Like it's, it's good to have like a group of younger, like more well-rounded and, and and talented riders that you can be like, yo, this setup is sick. And I kind of wish I could do this and I kind of want to, but Hey, like you definitely can, you should do this and probably bar spin in and out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's good to have in, in that, in that way, watching angles now um i didn't realize this until until later on it was actually at at the new york premiere where i watched it at sort of just as a spectator i was like yo like all these clips are sick like these tricks are cool the spots are unique like i can watch this as just a spectator and and be hyped on the riding you know like i still love like like as much as i hate like the toiling process of editing uh, a so hour long video. I like to watch it just because like the tricks are sick. The spots are cool. Uh, the, it, it, it gets me hyped to ride, you know? Um, and so having, so being able to find spots, but not have to be the one to ride it. It was like a nice luxury, mm-hmm. like, like but Justin Shorty, he's, he's so good, like on both sides of his bike and, and with big, 
like transition spots or like cutty grind spots. So like there, it was anything that I didn't like feel like doing or like I didn't feel up to. I could just be like, yo, Justin, like this is sick. You I got a setup this. for you. Yeah, exactly. And he's more than more than hyped to do it. So 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 it's great to to have that in the video is just cool spots, you know, and and, um, and cool tricks that like I kind of low key wish I could do myself. Like almost mm-hmm. every clip I look at, it's like damn i wish i could do that and so it's kind of like a cool thing to have is is just like a group of riders who are down to go look for these cool spots and they're also willing to to go for these to send themselves you know and and it all worked out pretty well you know um did anybody get hurt while you were filming there i mean there there's dude there's that that uh the second song in the outro there are some like brutal crashes like ones where i like want to look away kind of crashes like is it hard being the filmer in those situations yeah there was i mean there's always the the situation where you didn't film it great or they didn't land it great and you kind of want them to clean it up and then they get hurt trying it up or they get hurt because you missed the first one you know that always sucks and that always hurts more it hurts the filmer almost as much as it hurts the rider probably not nearly as much but there's some there's some crashes in there yeah the the the, that the credit section rather just almost a crash section uh there are some in there that that are bad um but off the top of my head there's really (laughs) it was only me that had to go to the hospital once like right from the crash I cut my elbow wide open. I don't know if you could see it, but there's like this, yeah, I could see. this like C scar where I, I fell right on this little pipe. I couldn't even see it on the ground, but when I landed, I looped out and like, I landed it like the you pipe. You put your elbow like, right oh. into a janky pipe. Yes. Yes. Wow. And it cut like almost a perfect circle out of my elbow. And so that was, that's like the one that stands out where I had to go directly to the hospital after the crash. There's some like, no, I, I mean, honestly, that might be the worst one. And it, damn that. Now that I think about it, that's not even in the crash section, but, um, there, there, there's the one of Paco. It's the setup. The worst crash in that crash section is Paco. Who's a, uh, Colorado local younger kid. He had an amazing standout intersection in the Dutz comp video that came out in 2018. Uh, great rider. He, uh, stranger was putting on putting him on for a minute stranger and primo i think mm-hmm. i fell by the wayside at this point but he was trying it's that setup up in the valley where like um uh, um augie simon sheeney wrote it it's like a oh it's that uh fence uh, it's the fence that goes out from the stair set yeah right oh. side you go you can go gap grind over which i was I, I think nathan did that or you can go gap over to grind and then drop Mm-hmm. but it's a right side setup and Paco was trying to go gap over to left pegs hard three out and he came super close he, he I think the gap over to hard one had been done which he, he mm. did just working his way up to the over to three but um, he tried it for oh dozens of times and he just kept sort of under rotating or looping out and then we started to get the boot and man, he just, he was getting too comfortable with the overgrind. And in that crash, you can see he sort of just lands, 
in in an oppo crook because he didn't yeah, get his he back doesn't make it over crook. right yeah and what well, and then like his his he falls out of a oppo crook and he's sort of doing like a crazy like like back pedal crook like i don't know but he runs into the l and he's up there dude that he's he's probably eight to ten feet in the air at that yeah, point it's like a and he, fence it's a straight up <laughs> l and flies over it yeah and he's just he's he's on his way to the ground just oh my gosh flailing and he hits the ground hard and that's definitely the worst crash but he was okay like you know he, a few I, minutes later well, he was able to get up and walk at that yeah, point he, but um he hurt his wrist pretty bad I, there's a there's a picture i have of him on my futon that night he's got an ice pack on his wrist he's got an ice pack on his head i think and, oh, and yeah he was he was just in pain yeah, so he got pretty messed up from that damn i think probably his his last one of of that trip but earlier in that trip he crashed Two other notable times. One was on an ABD. We didn't realize had been ABD'd, but Oof. it was this gap to Smith on an electrical box that Calvin had already done. I, f- I forget where, but we figured that out. He wrecked hard on that. And then on a G-turn off this roof at UCR that Alex Schmack had already done that we didn't realize. He, he wrecked pretty hard, but he ended up getting that one done. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I think I know this, the spot. Is that... um? It's like a almost like a storage kind of roof it's like uh yeah yeah, yeah i've been there didn't do shit there yeah it's a, perfect that's a cool setup. setup he did it really nice and clean the the the, the g turn and uh but he, he wrecked on his way to that and yep. um yeah but paco man he 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 his his dutz comp section is is phenomenal but he came out to cali this has happened to a couple people who came out to cali to film but they just weren't on top of their game and they ended up just getting wrecked and paco is just <laughs> the glowing example well for for my video at least because paco came out to film specifically for angles he came out with dut for one trip and he just sort of sent himself every spot he just went for gold and and just got wrecked or or did something abd because we just didn't do the research to find out but yeah. i mean that's the way it goes like I said, you got to you got to be in practice. You got to be ready, or else you're just gonna get hurt or or worse. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think as long as the rider like knows what they're in for, like you don't seem like someone who would like pressure anybody into like getting a clip. Like it's fully they're at their own discretion. Like I, yeah, you know, I'm bummed when somebody gets hurt when I'm filming, but it's never like you need to get this clip. Or you're off the team, or you're not. I'm not putting any of your clips in the video. Like it's always like, dude, I'm sorry, that sucks. And they're like, yeah, it sucks, but like you know, it's all good. Not your fault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I definitely try not to put any direct pressure on the spot on the rider. You know, like there's some things like i'll like send a screenshot or like i'll send something to someone like yo like you we should go check this out for you man like i think this would be really sick and they're apprehensive or whatever and we get there like i don't know and i just i don't like i don't like step up and say like dude you got this man you got this it's totally you i just kind of like step back and say like dude oh this angle looks sick oh it looks so cool from up here and i i, I definitely make it a point to not put too much undue pressure on the rider because i know what it's like to be in that situation 
I really don't appreciate it when, when, when people try to push me to do things that I don't feel comfortable with. Um, there are some situations where like, I'll consider the pressure. Um, but for the most part, I work better if it's, if it's completely on my own volition that I want to try something scary or dangerous, but yeah, I, I don't. Whereas like some other people I've, I've ridden with or watched film clips, it's like, yo, like chill, like take it easy on them. They don't want to, they don't want to do it but that's not my decision to make but yeah i yeah. i definitely i definitely take a back seat when it comes to that because i hate 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 to be the one responsible for an injury if someone just sort of hucks it because i i told them to and they get real hurt it's like dude that's my fault like almost 100 percent my fault yeah but at the yeah. same time you want to like provide some uh encouragement like motivation like you want to be like like oh the setup's perfect you know it looks so cool from down yeah. here like you know you're this is yeah. like your trick like you're the the ice pick guy like you got <laughs> it man like it it's like a fine line you kind of have to walk there is, there is there is the line though and you got to know where that line is and and I've definitely I've honed in that line and and um and and it's de- it, it kind of is rider by rider you know there are some riders who who like to be degraded they like to be yeah. demoralized they like <laughs> they like to be egged on you know and so yeah. i'll play into that sometimes but i'm definitely not that guy who's gonna start throwing insults and calling names because they won't try something but mm-hmm. uh, definitely riders who like it's like yo like 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 there's riders who's like yo slap me in the face if i don't go for it right here it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's um, a little much yeah yeah whatever it takes sometimes you know it, it's it it's it's a fun struggle most of the time you know but um yeah i i definitely try to not be responsible for the injury but if i know it's something that that's that the rider can do but they're just not feeling it at that moment it's like yo i'll bring them back you know like i'll i'll make it a point for like the next weeks or whatever to like come back to that area did i cut out right there no no you're good no i don't think so um my phone said 10 percent left oh, i'm gonna boy. plug in I- <laughs> Um, we could call I'll it a, a morning soon. Oh, word. Yeah. I, um, to finish that story or that situation, I would like make it a point to like make it back to that area just so they would have like a second chance to be like, yo, you know what? Maybe I should go check that out again. And if I'm feeling it, yeah, it's like, okay, cool. That worked out well <laughs> without, without directly bringing them back to the spot. I kind of just bring them back to the area and let them figure it out. Yeah. Let nature take its course. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've been I doing like a weird like, thing. Sorry, Louis, you can you can go. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I feel like that's like different than like forcing someone to try something because like they already kind of want to try it and now they're there, they're like, Oh, maybe I'll go for it. But if someone's like not about it and you're like sitting there like, What the fuck, why aren't you doing it? Like that's yeah, for sure. A little different, but it's like inception. I mean, we... You're making them think it's their own idea that they want to try <laughs> it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're totally right, and you're totally right because there's there's we've all had days where we're just not on top of our game, or we're just not feeling it. But but I think like there's other points where like if I know a rider is is riding hot, you know, like <laughs> especially with Justin Shorty, like there were there were days where like I knew he was he was on top of his game, he was feeling good, like he had filmed a clip the day before, or whatever. It's like yo, like like he's he's feeling it. So we're going back to this area. And if he wants to do this thing again, he'll, he'll bring it up. And sure enough, like 
there was more than one time he's like, yo, we should go back to that real quick. And I was like, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes, it worked. Nice. Yeah, I was just going to say before, I've been doing this weird thing to break myself out of the like the run-ups or like the not throwing the bars. I tell myself that if I don't try it this one, I'm going to give away my bike on Instagram and I mean it 100%. Like literally, I will give away my bike on Instagram and I make people hold me to it and I've tried the trick every time I've made that ultimatum. <laughs> so I'm going to keep going on to that one until I don't have a bike. Damn. That's, but I'll get a few more followers scary. out of it at least. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yep. So I have a question that uh, I think, you know, it would be good information for a lot of people who might want to make a full length video. But uh, feel free to answer in as much or as little detail as you want. So uh, how much does something like angles cost to make? Like, oh, God. you think like start to like, do you even want to like tally it up at this point? Like, well, like ballpark. You can break it down pretty easily where it's almost free to film HD. Um, where Where you don't have to be buying tapes, obviously. Uh, you get the equipment, you get an SD card, you get a computer, you get a hard drive. Okay, so those are pretty basic expenses for making a video. Most people already yeah. have that on hand. Exactly. Some where, form my or video, another. where my video became expensive the was travel. the travel. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I bought a Prius early on in my uh, California life, and I was doing the Uber thing, I was doing some delivery gigs. And so it was working out pretty well. And so I thought it makes sense to just start traveling a bit more. And um, it, it added up, though. I mean, obviously, it adds up. And there were some summers where gas was more expensive than others. But for sure, um, it's the gas that, that racked up the costs. And then um, I ended up having to get my head gasket replaced. Oof. Yeah. And that so that's rough. like the worst thing you can hear for your car is a, is a blown head gasket. And so if, if I wanted to tally it all up, it's expensive. Yeah. But also when I think about it as an expense, I think your time, what do I, what do I spend my money on anyways is driving around looking for spots to ride and filming my friends riding them. And so really it, it wasn't ex an expense at all. It was just sort of an experience that I spent money on to be able to go out, ride different spots, hang out with different people and visit different cities. So, so it's really what I was going to spend my money on anyway. So yeah. I can't even really think of it as an expense, but rather like just living, you know, um, mm -hmm. it, it, it did. It's just gas, really. It's just gas. Um, there were a few trips where I had to book a few rooms more than others. Um, there were a few trips where it was it was just Alex and I. There was one trip where we made it through Texas, sleeping in parking lots um, almost really? every night. There was one night where we got a room, but for but every other night, like he'd bring his hammock out and he'd set up right outside the car, and then I would just sleep in my trunk. 
and and we made it work. There was one night where the sprinklers turned on in the Walmart parking lot, and then there was one night where we got kicked out of the skate park. We were sleeping in the skate park. That one was in California, though, up in NorCal. Mm-hmm. But but for this one Texas trip, man, we just made it work. And and um, any night that we could get a good night's sleep, or at least enough sleep without paying any money for a room, was great. But uh, it it couldn't always work out like that, obviously. But uh, gas was definitely the biggest expense for the video. And man, um, I don't even want to tally it up. But um, what what's cool is that I've made a, a lot more money than I thought I would selling the DVDs. And so it might have struck some balance. But now my car's hybrid battery is crapping out. So oh, that geez. I'll have to get that fixed yeah. and replaced. So. It, but dude, yeah, I I don't like to think of it as an expense at all because I got to go out and, and just travel and ride and film, and so I'm just blessed to have been able to afford that in the first place. And and and, and now I have a a job that I love, and, and I'm sort of back at square one where um, I have no real project I'm working on, and and I I'm able to go out and ride. And uh, I'm just getting back into into my riding confidence. And um, it's sort of, it's like a, a circle. As much as that's a metaphor for a lot of things, it's, it's like come full circle where I'm back to being focused more on just riding and building my skill sets and, and keeping my body and mind healthy enough to keep doing this for another couple of years, few years, you know, like I don't, <laughs> dude, it's, it's it's just crazy to think about how much we actually live through and we're able to 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 keep going out. I was before before we got on this call, I was watching the Paralympic Games and dude, these people are bound to wheelchairs for the rest of their lives. Mostly, you know, like it, like there's so many fucking situations where we like we're just so lucky to have what we do have and so I'm trying to make it a point to to capitalize on that to really mm-hmm. make Not my take body it for granted. Yeah, I don't want to ever take my my ability, my my mobility um and my my health, the health I do still have, I want to use to its fullest potential and so so yeah, that was, I I briefly talked about my diet um I, I I could get into my vices and and my my bad habits, but I've been focused a lot more on health and positivity lately, and it's really, it's it's been working out, and um and yeah um, it's just yeah it, getting older and learning more about myself and my body and and the way that it works and the way that I work and the way that I work with other people, it's it's all a trip, man, but um. Riding is riding for me, and 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 at this point, um, I'm glad. I'm glad the video's done. I'm hyped on how it came out. I'm happy with how it looks and feels. But yeah, I, I want to get back into riding more. I want to be out there learning new tricks, scaring myself, and and filming clips. You know, um, I I do still have a, a video section I'm working on with Alex Deliba. His video will be out early next year, and I'm still in the middle of filming my section. So, you know, I, I want to get back on top of my game and get, get my final clips for, for this next trip. He's coming out here in October. And so that's pretty much my goal is just to maintain enough to, to make it to that point And then, and then be healthy, happy and confident enough to, to scare myself. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, yeah, it's, it's just, it's come full circle and then it's all about riding for me now. 
That's awesome. I'm stoked to hear you're in a good place and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what uh, you come up with next. I know you've still got footage to deal with, you know, all the leftovers from angles. I know you've already even put out like two or three sort of like angles diversion videos. Yeah, the tangents. The tangents, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I touched on that briefly, but there is another 30 to 35 minute <sighs> leftover video that's coming out in the next couple weeks here. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. Cool. So, so as much as the video is done, it's actually not done, but I'm not putting as much effort into this, this last sort of leftovers video. But yeah, um, I've got a full section in there. Justin Shorty has another full section in there. Uh, Ryan Howard has another full section in there, but dude, yeah, I mean, we filmed and filmed and filmed, but there's just, there's still so much footage left over. And so I, I hate to let it go to complete waste. So, so look out for this, for this video coming out soon. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just, uh, I think we're probably good to wrap it up soon, but is there anything you wanted to uh, ask Lewis? I feel like I didn't, uh, I didn't give you too much of a window. Um, I feel like you might have covered pretty much everything I was going to ask. Uh, Sick. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, without um, knowing, I covered most of my, uh, my little bullet points I had. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess uh, to, to finish... Uh, how can you get angles? I know uh, your uh, your transactions are very open ended, right? Uh, the barter system, the bartering system, is uh, encouraged. Bitcoin, uh, pretty much any form of currency, is welcome. Yeah, I really appreciate it when people do trade me work. Uh, you've always been cool with that, sending in photos uh, to trade for other photos or to trade for the video. Um, people uh i had someone trade me this wind chime um really michael yeah uh fuck i forget his name it's michael i'm pretty sure he's from riverside Mm -hmm. he he traded me a wind chime he made out of a sprocket i'm looking at it right now it's a small sprocket and a chain and a bottom bracket bearing and some other like small pieces and then these wind chime pipes and he made he made this wind chime out of bike parts it's super cool and he traded me for a DVD, I was really hyped on that. Um, some other trades I've made are like for a T-shirt. Um, like Jeff Z gave me one of his signature Doom T-shirts to trade for a DVD. Um, I trade traded for a zine. One of my homies, Josh in Denver, does the Occasion Zine, so mm-hmm. I traded him a copy for a DVD. Um, in the past, I've traded um, I've traded a, a candle. I had a, I have a friend who was making candles, so I traded a candle that they made. Yeah. Um, just I like think Charlie things. made you some sort of transaction when we were uh, at the Dawn of the Streets gem, <laughs> right? <laughs> you saw that one. That yeah. worked out really well. Um, yeah, that <laughs> any anything that's usable uh, at the moment, you know. And I was lucky enough to be holding a, a few DVDs, and he was holding his what he usually holds, and we made that transaction, dude. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah I. There's more than just money that's useful for for getting goods, you know. I I do like to to be able to to not use money as an intermediary, but if it comes down to it and someone just wants to pay cash, whatever, yeah, send me Venmo, PayPal. I, I like Bitcoin, so I, I keep my my address uh, public out there if anyone wants to send. I I did get two. Two, I got one person paid in Bitcoin and one person paid in Ethereum. I was really hyped on that. 
Sick. But for the most part, it's been Venmo. And then, mm-hmm. like, since Venmo doesn't even exist internationally, a lot of all the international orders have been PayPal. Mm-hmm. And then cash in hand in person. And, uh, and then the trades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I still have DVDs left. Um, I like on your person. Cause I know there, uh, a lot of them went out for like distribution too, to yeah, shops and, uh, elsewhere. I sent, I sent, I think I sent 40 to Australia to Calvin's cop distro. And then, uh, a bunch went to four down to cover Europe and then um animal dis- distributed some empire has some now uh let's roast in chicago was selling them i don't know if, if they still have stock west Canada ride as well okay west ride mm-hmm. in vancouver um was selling them they 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 actually just put in another order meserol in new york just put in another order burke street in philly has some or they will have some very soon Rad. But yeah, for the most part, it's been sort of just people ordering them straight for me, which I appreciate most and, and is the best deal, honestly, for them, mm-hmm. for the buyer. It's the best deal. It's just buy them straight from me. But yeah, I mean, you can contact me on Instagram at Scott Marceau. You can email me, Scott at scottmarceau.com. Or a, a lot of people have my phone number, so don't hesitate to use that, you know? So yeah, get your copies. Or just, and it'll be. I'll probably have to do the d- digital download route very soon. Um, and then, and then I, I could, I could see the video being online altogether at some point next year, early next year, or mm-hmm. who knows the thing I'm, I'm most apprehensive about making a digital file. Cause that's just so much easier for someone to just put it right on YouTube. So yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get the DVDs out and, and sold before I make the, the digital download available. And so as soon as I hear from, some of those shops that that they're running low on supply or that they're out completely i'll make the digital download available mm-hmm. and then um and then from there uh nature will take its course and i'm sure someone will upload it to youtube and and then it'll be free for all <laughs> yeah for better yeah, or worse I'm, I'm, I'm happy i'm i'm happy i'm done with it and i'm happy that 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 i i made uh, uh more than i thought i would make and 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 um and now i don't feel as stressed about getting my my car fixed yet again you know what i mean yeah that's really good to hear yeah glad it wasn't uh a major financial deficit because uh even just the amount of time you have to put into uh you know even just all the work to like contacting the distros and shops and like even your time of packaging up orders and like i bet you got your system pretty dialed at this point but Still, it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah and I, <laughs> I, I made it a, a choice, a, a choice to do all the packaging myself. Um, I, I sourced some older jewel cases. I bought some new jewel cases that are kind of crappy. I'm happy to have the still- uh, the collector's edition jewel case. I nice, got in on yeah. the pre order. Yeah, so I got one of those. Yeah. So all all the all the um, the inserts, the jackets, I printed out myself. Um, right here in my kitchen, literally like my office is my kitchen and, um, and even the, the plastic, like, like retail copy, um, plastic wrapped jackets. I printed myself, I cut them out on my own guillotine paper cutter, um, folded. And then I put a sticker on them. Um, there's a, there, yeah, there's a couple different versions and it all, it's all very 
customized and it's all very personalized. And I really, I really like the fact that I, I literally with my own hands packaged every single copy of the DVD. And like, there's not one copy that just like it came in Got in a spit box. off like an assembly yeah, line. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's something that I put, I put my hands on every step of the process and I'm, I'm proud of that. And, and I, I really, uh, I appreciate and I support the DIY ethic of, of sort of just doing things yourself. I know you do too. You, you get in the dark room, you sent that test strip of the photo. <laughs> I was really hyped to see the test strip that you sent because it, it, I get completely forgotten about doing test strips in the dark room, but man, being in the dark room is, is as DIY as it gets, you know, and, and just the, the disparity between a, a black and white darkroom print and a, and a digital image print that you sort of like you just send you send in this file to some third party resource and they send you back this print that came out of a machine you know it's just there's just a little bit it's kind of sad to me it's kind of like too sterile it's very sterile yeah and it, it it separates the the hobbyists from from the enthusiasts you know it there's someone who's who's dedicated to photography i know you are because because you do you go far enough to shoot film a and b you get in the dark room and you, the, you make the prints yourself and there's just there's something that shows and there's something to to speak about the amount of work that someone puts into a final product and 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 then that circles back to the video to being so proud of, of what i did with angles as i put in a lot a lot a lot of work and hours but I'm happy with it and I think it shows. And so it's just a good, a good um, word of advice is just it, put in time to your craft. Like don't half-ass anything. Haste makes waste. Um, focus on what you want to do and then do it, you know, put in the time. Nothing comes, nothing great comes quickly and, and nothing, you know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day and, and there's a lot of merit to that because it, you just got to take time. And there's a, there's a lot of setbacks, you know, discouragement that, that are easy to become a victim to. But the moment you become a victim is the moment you start giving up. But I don't know. I, there's so many adages I can go through right now and so many sayings, but it all comes down to just being dedicated to something and putting in the time to making it work. And, and and being happy with the final product and and that's where i'm at at least with the with the video but um yeah anyone can do it anyone can make a video you just gotta have the tools and you gotta have the drive yeah couldn't you know? agree more yeah and especially Very like well it's said. it's cool to see like you know you made angles with you didn't go out and buy couple of red cameras and cine lenses and gimbals like <laughs> you use the gear you had you use like a hundred dollar fisheye maybe you found it on let's go for 20 bucks even offer and up. uh yeah, yeah. offer up <laughs> yeah so like yeah use what you have make something yeah um it, yeah i like to say that um and the video uh, looks beautiful, by the way. Like, I was going to ask uh, how much work you put into, like, color correction or, like, whether you're just an in-camera guy. Because the video oh. looks good. I love the, like, the Super 8 footage that's in there sparingly because I know how expensive that is. Even the, like, the VHS stuff is cool because, like, you didn't overuse it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I spent a good deal of time with 
color correction with yeah. um, sharpness adjustment with um, audio mixing. Yeah, I that's a big I, one that nobody ever appreciates either. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's hard to notice to the undiscerning ear, I guess, or eyes, one might say. But I did, I did go through grueling steps to make sure <laughs> that it just sounded good, like, like. I don't know. Yeah, people people neglect audio mixing a lot, like egregiously in videos sometimes, and and it's it's cringeworthy to watch. Like, oh, like you could have fixed that so easily, or you didn't like. They didn't like even take the time to realize like what was happening with their audio, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, audio is is just so overlooked, and, and it took me a while. Like, I'm guilty of it in some of my older projects of sort of not making it sound as good as it could but but same but before i even started filming for angles i knew that it was something i had to focus on and and, and to be an in-camera guy the the audio for the hmc is bad that's mm-hmm. one of the, the the fall the the downfalls of the hmc is its audio and um i had to do a good amount of tweaking and mixing um and, and when there were when there was ever a situation where i had hmc footage and 60d footage i would take the audio from the 60d because it was just a little bit better i at first i was using an external mic but then i realized that audio wasn't that important to have to carry around and set up an extra piece of equipment mm-hmm. just to get that audio like i'm not an audiophile as they would say i'm not yeah. that concerned with it but i do want it to sound pretty good yeah and so um it was definitely something i I focused on, but not as much as, as color correcting, color grading and, and, um, in camera, I have all my settings flat. Like my HMC is set to neutral. And so when I bring in the, the original image, I can tweak all the contrast in post. I can add color. Um, I can, I can, I can fuck with the tint with the, with the white balance, you know, but mm-hmm. it's always best to have a flat image coming in yeah. and then adding contrast afterwards. Yeah. Um, don't overexpose but that's a big one yeah yep yep it's it's better to underexpose with digital images whereas with color negative film it's better to overexpose you don't want to underexpose color negative film but with the digital image yeah you don't want to overexpose because as soon as you you blow out those highlights they're gone yeah there's nothing coming back yep yeah but that that's just i mean i kind of had a leg up on the video like I know quite a bit about cameras. Um, I have a degree in photography. I went to four years of school for photography. And so I got to know the equipment very well, the ins and outs of everything. And so I, I do my best to, to share the information and to make sure that like as an industry, as a whole, BMX can like look good. Like, it, like I don't want to like group everyone together at once, but like we sort of as, as a, as a community like we kind of got to look out for each other to make sure that like not one person's like dropping the ball and making this look kind of bad or whatever but i want to make sure that like everyone knows like the basics and like the little tips and tricks here and there you know just to make sure that every everyone's sort of like on a baseline of quality where like we can all just sort of look we can make our stuff look like pretty good yeah. At its worst, you know, at least it's watchable. Mm-hmm. 
but it's hard to do. There's a lot of people still filming with like VXs that like they don't even know how to use a VX. So you're, it's just like bad on top of bad. But if you get to know your tools well enough, you can you can just make you can make the best of what you got. And that that goes that goes for a lot of things is just making the best of what you have. You know, um, the like I said earlier, the best camera is the one that you have with you. And the better that you know that camera, the the better your work will look, you know, um, and the, the easier it, it will be to make your work look good. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not dogging on any VX videos, but people just got to understand that camera and, and the ins and outs. The and limitations. How to make the yeah. 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 Definitely. It has definitely definite limitations. Especially the VX one. Oh, my gosh. The what low a light thing. That. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I've owned a couple yeah. and yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But yeah, HD HD technology is great. Even if just even even you can you can crop. Like you can you can crop to 43. I agree that 43 is a, is a more a more uh, useful ratio especially for for BMX for the mm-hmm. way that a BMX rider is like moving vertically not... a lot more so than yeah. horizontal. I feel like long lens I love 169, but fisheye 43 is like just the most natural. Yeah, definitely. It was hard for me at first to fill the whole frame, a 16.9 frame. Uh, uh, but but once I realized, once I focused more on fill, on filling the frame, it became easier. But yeah, it was not natural at first. Coming from a 4.3 world on the, on a VX, it was just sort of like, you kind of just center everything and it, and it made sense. You didn't need to fill the frame, but like, there's so much on the sides of the 16.9 frame. It's like, damn, like, a lot of dead space in some of these shots, you know, yeah. I'm going to start having to get tighter shots or move the camera a bit more. But, but yeah, it is worth noting that, that a lot in my video is long lens. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am, I am a bigger fan of the long lens shot. I do like wider long lens and I, and I'm not hyped on my fisheye shots. I'm, I'm pretty bad. I'm not great at filming fisheye. I do, I do get a lot of head chops and, and I'm very conservative with my fisheye shots. I, I I stay a little further away than most people would, but I do. I always default to long lens if it's possible. And and I've had people point that out because that's kind of in stark contrast to a lot of videos these days, where where a lot of it is fisheye. Fisheye, yeah. A lot of mine is long lens, yeah. Like in the moment, fisheye is more fun to do, but long lens a lot of times like conveys the spot better, or just yeah. you have more options. You can go you don't have to be on a three four foot leash from the rider you can go up on a weird roof or like down below you can go anywhere exactly and exactly and that's that's definitely uh one of the reasons why i like long lens so much is you're not you're not just confined to that space right there at the bottom of the stairs or the middle of the gap or whatever yeah and kind of go wherever you want so yeah i think we're we're easily over the two-hour mark, so I think uh, as long as there's nothing else you want to touch on, I'm good to uh, to call it a podcast. I feel good. Yeah, um, I, as long as we covered all your questions, um, yeah, I, I, I um, yeah, I just want to, I just want to get out and ride. You know, I'm actually, I, I think I might ride my road bike to the beach today. It's been a while since I've gone to the beach, but um, just get out there, get active, and and, and keep it, keep moving. 
because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And the older you get, the easier it is to lose it. So uh, don't take anything for granted, especially good health and mobility and, and get out there and ride. Those are my, my parting words of wisdom. And thanks for having me, uh, Lewis. It was good to meet you virtually. If <laughs> nice not, if you have, too. I, we probably have met at some point, but, but I'll, I'll remember Maybe. you now. And, and Justin, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you inviting me on and and i hope that someone learns something or gets inspired by listening to our conversation dude thank you this would be nothing without you so really appreciate your time and uh the way i want to do this podcast is like people can come back whenever like if you ever have a project or something you put out or i don't know you just want to come on like just open invite i'm down dude and if you if you want to if you want to, uh, if I could guest host the Charlie one, that would be sick. Yes. I think that might help. Yeah, like, yeah for sure. It's hard to corral once he gets off on a tangent. Man. Oh, yeah. I so, could definitely use all the help I can get. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds Down good. Pipe, yeah. I, I, I love the podcast. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't uh, listen to many, but the ones I do listen to, I end up liking and, and getting inspiration from. But, yeah, I think that the sharing of knowledge is 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 nice and and uh even this one is just audio which is cool yeah because i didn't have i look kind of kind of grimy right now (laughs) but also um to be able just to listen to something on a long drive or like in the background during computer work or whatever is real cool and i think it's awesome that people i just learned that people listen to podcasts at like one and a half speed (laughs) so they can just learn quicker you ever heard of that i did that for a math class i took linear algebra and uh i don't even know why i was i learned linear algebra on my own before taking the course in college because i knew the professor was gonna suck and i like wanted to uh to get ahead and i did the whole like mit whatever youtube course at one and a half speed and it actually worked (laughs) <laughs> that's so crazy so yeah I there's crazy that. people out there like me doing that <laughs> and I, I got a fucking that. a in linear too there you go man you if you put in you put in enough work you do enough reading and research and and you'll you'll get to where you want to be for sure so yeah uh usually we end with uh the old instagram which i haven't been on in a while but uh what's your instagram scott that's just your name right yeah, Scott Marceau. Uh, I can shout out the Push It to Stop Instagram. Uh, I just I've, I've been posting photos, um, BMX photos. I'm coming up on. I got to be coming close to ten years now, man. But uh, the Push It to Stop Instagram is it, something I I like a lot to go back and sort of just have like a curated gallery of like good looking bmx photos you're mm-hmm. no stranger to it, justin i know i featured thank you, you. yeah i've that. had a couple on there very honored. Oh, yeah it's yeah it's i definitely slowed down but um i'm more deliberate i definitely haven't forgotten about it but yeah uh at push it to stop for for good looking bmx photos <laughs> And then, hey, and I can shout out my my thrift store. I just made an Instagram for my online thrift store, three two one thrift off. Um, nice. We're most we're most active on Depop. Um, I'm, I'm I got a lot of things on sale right now, actually. But three two one thrift off. Um, got some cool vintage T 
t-shirts, cameras, uh, tchotchke gems. Um, yeah, but I've, I've been trying to get rid of my inventory. I'm cleaning out, I'm cleaning my whole apartment right now, but my closet especially is just filled with just shit I've bought over the past couple of years at estate sales and garage sales and thrift stores. But check out at 321 thrift off for some items. Perfect. Uh, Lewis, what are you on Instagram? Uh, at Louis Colasioni. Boom. And I'm uh, at Jay Kobley, J-K-O-E-B-E-L-E. And then there's a podcast Instagram, uh, at Sore Losers BMX Podcast, where I just do like a post whenever an episode goes up or whatever random clips that are in the podcast uh, universe. So yeah, I think that's all I got. Thank you guys for uh, coming on and doing this. I think Austin uh, may be back in uh, in some form because he's in Paris right now. Bastard. Lucky guy. <laughs> Must be nice. Must yeah. be nice. But yeah, thank you guys for coming on. And uh, Thanks, Justin. Thanks, thank Lewis. Cool. I'll talk to you guys later. Yup. Have Peace. a good one. Peace.